Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, January 25th. We are trudging along the 72,000 days of January. We definitely all know that January is the longest month. December goes by in a flash. January is four years in one. We still have one more week of this crazy month. I mean, isn't that insane? Doesn't it feel like January has been going on forever? Um, those of you that have been following over here, thank you so much for those of you that joined my Patreon um, last night or between yesterday and today. I think like 50 people have joined Patreon over there. I had an episode that I released last night and I covered a lot of things. I covered more in depth what I talked about here yesterday on the show. I talked about Aaron from Scientology and his live arrest. Those of you that are interested in the Scientology um, of it all. And then I also talked about American Nightmare and true crime, true crime documentaries. I started talking a little bit about making a murderer and don't F with cats. And a lot of you guys are saying on the, um, on the Patreon comments, like you're looking for another podcast like Serial, the, the first season of Serial, Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L, um, Raise Your Hand of Serial was like the first podcast that you listened to, you know, pretty regularly. I feel like that was the first podcast that really drew me in. I knew about podcasts. I knew that people had podcasts, but I wasn't a regular podcast listener until Serial. And that was in 2015. It was the early, the beginning of 2015, I want to say, because I remember where I was working at the time and I remember driving home very pregnant listening to Serial. Um, so it was a really, really good, uh, um, it was a really good documentary and I mean, good podcast series. And I'm always dying to hear a new one that really draws me in. Like I really liked, um, I really liked uh, Scamanda, although I felt like it, it was a very long. Like, that's the one thing. It was eight episodes and it could have been five. Um, I liked Dr. Death. I liked Dirty John. Those are like the big ones. What else, you guys? Give me some good ones. I would love to get more. I'm going on a, not a road trip, but I'm going away with Lance tomorrow, um, about two hours away for a wedding. And so we'll be in the car and we like to listen to podcasts together. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. And then we can go, um, and listen to them and break it down. So thank you, everyone there. Uh, before we get into today's show, I want to shout out today's sponsor, this week's sponsor of Daily Dose of Donna. If you're an employer and you need to hire, here's some good news. ZipRecruiter has smart tools and features that help you find quali qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A. -A. The cool thing about ZipRecruiter is that it uses this powerful matching technology, i.e. I -E -A -I. <laughs> 
Artificial intelligence. It shows you candidates whose skills and experience match exactly what you're looking for. You can use ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature to send top candidates a personal invite to encourage them to respond to your job post. And when you use ZipRecruiter's rating tool to rate their your candidates, they send you more matches from new profiles that are created on the site. So it really knows your preferences and it sends you more. It's, a literal, it's literally like Netflix. You watch this, you might like this or you know, that's everywhere. That's on Amazon or on Goodreads or um, podcasts, right? It's always like, hey, you really like this. And so, you know, whatever. Um, let ZipRecruiter help you conquer the biggest hiring challenge, finding qualified candidates. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna for free to use ZipRecruiter. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now back to our show. Okay. So um, what has happened in the last 24 hours? Well, news-wise, like entertainment news-wise. To be 100% honest, it feels like a little bit of a slow news day. I did get some DMs. You guys are amazing, by the way, with your DMs. You always send me like what's going on, what's happening. You send me suggestions. I got literally if I told you how much money I've spent in the last 24 hours on sleep aids, I'm embarrassed because everything you guys are suggesting, I'm buying. Like I should probably be a little bit more cautious with where I'm spending my money on this. But when you're desperate, you're desperate, you know? Um, I did get a little bit more sleep last night because I took something that Lance had. Uh, it was a, um, it was a, it's like an antihistamine type of pill. Um, and while it did put me to sleep, I woke up feeling like I partied all night. You know, that hungover feeling. And I hate that morning after drowsy feeling. So I don't think I'm going to go back to that. I bought Venus CBD without THC because I got so high on Sunday night by mistake and it scared the shit out of me. I'm not going to do that. And then um, what else did I buy? You guys told me about all these like natural sleep aids from Whole Foods. I'm going to head over to Whole Foods. I got a lot of recommendations about hormonal health. A lot of you guys are convinced I am in perimenopause. <laughs> so that's fun. Listen, I probably am. I probably am. I'm getting older. Anyway, um, I appreciate the community. It's really cool to have you guys there helping me out. Now, I did hear. I'm going to have to do some research on this. I did hear that Nick Vile, his last name is Vile, right? V-I-A-L-L. Nick Vile, that's a horrible last name. If you, what if Kyle and Nick, Kyle Richards and Nick hooked up? She would be Kyle Vile? Is it Vial or Vile? Um, seriously, he could never date a Kyle. He could never date a Lyle or a Miles. But Vile is an awful last name. So a lot of you guys are saying that Taylor's interview, uh, Taylor Armstrong from, not, was it Armstrong? No, Taylor from Southern Charm is what I heard, was on his show. And apparently it released like some good information about about her. I'm interested. I'm going to watch. I want to know. I mean, Taylor Ann Green, that's her name. So basically... Uh, the promo on Instagram shows like all these clips of basically all these negative reports about her. And then she's, she's explaining it. So I will be listening to that a little bit later and I'll break it down for you guys tomorrow at some point. But 
I think you know my experience and my my story on Taylor. Um, I wonder if this podcast will make her a little bit more likable or a little bit less likable. I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, it's so tough with podcasts because a lot of you guys were talking about Stassi's interview on Jeff Lewis Live yesterday. Because I like Stassi and know Stassi from other things and listen to Stassi. I don't listen to her podcast every week, but I listen to her enough to know her personality. I don't mind her. However, you guys, I mean, maybe not specifically you, but a lot of his listeners thought she came off very arrogant and conceited in the interview. And I can see that. I can see that she was a little standoffish. She was a little annoyed that he kept bringing up the Vanderpump rules of it all or the Jax Taylor stuff. So. I can see both sides. Um, podcast episodes and appearances on radio shows or or TV shows or whatever, it can completely change the trajectory of public opinion in a positive or negative way. Like I thought Kyle Richards was great on Jeff Lewis and it made me like her more. But Stassi made people like her less, you know? Um, I think also another thing is like really fast, we do have to touch on Amy. Robach and TJ Holmes. You guys. Guys. So I had heard about this from the Smith sisters the other day, how they had a podcast called It Ain't Right. <laughs> it's a horrible podcast name. They have a podcast called Amy and TJ. I'm pretty sure that that's like the name of their show. It's called, oh no, they released a podcast episode on the 22nd, three days ago called Things Ain't Right. A horrible name. But literally TJ Holmes in the episode this is insane, you guys. I would, I don't think I could be in this relationship. TJ Holmes in the episode introduces that he has set up his microphone and podcast setup in his living room. And he is basically not telling Amy that she's coming over to record a podcast interview talking through their fight. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. What the? F okay. I don't know about you guys, but not everything is for public consumption. Not everything is for public consumption. This is a couple that already people are cons like consumed with in the sense that they're not, I wouldn't say most people are on Amy and TJ's side. I was okay with them at the very beginning, but the more that these podcast episodes are coming out, it's making me feel a little bit more, um, you know, anxiety provoking. Like I, I really, really don't like so much, how much, like how he is, um, you know, coming off. It's giving narcissist and it's giving lots of red flags. So Amy comes into the house and TJ basically says, we haven't been good. Things ain't right. Things ain't right for two days and we're not good. So I was thinking that we could just like talk this out on the podcast you guys react to that? Knowing that your boyfriend who you're in a fight with is recording your conversation for public consumption. There's no way that you would feel free or safe to really air your dirty laundry or air your feelings or air anything. And he was probably taking a higher road than he ever would take if he was just sitting there alone with her having this conversation, right? If you're not being recorded and you know no one's going to see you, you're going to act differently. But if you're fighting or arguing for recording purposes for content, you're going to totally shift the narrative to make you look better, et cetera. 
red effing flag. They get into this conversation about what the fight is about. Guys, I'm telling you, it's a really awkward listen. It's like, I shouldn't be here. There's no yelling. There's some crying, but there's no yelling. And it, but it still feels like I'm in a couple's therapy session, but there's no therapist. So she's basically just getting kind of like strong-armed into having to agree with him for the podcast. And essentially, it sounds like their fight was, understandably, the fact that they're consumed. They're both content creators. They're both broadcast journalists, right? And now they have this podcast. They, Amy started to, you know, cry when she said, I feel like I was unfairly, this this podcast was unfairly taken away from, not podcast, sorry, our careers were unfairly taken away from us, which I agree. I don't think they should have been fired for what they did. At least, I don't think she should have been fired. But anyway, and now they're in the process where they're really consumed with ratings, downloads, numbers, charts, et cetera. Most people are when they just start podcasts, but in general, this feels really, real bad. And she said, I am someone that likes to brainstorm out ideas out loud. I like to throw ideas at the wall. And you are someone who likes to sit in silence and just like ruminate in yourself. So she's like, we are, we're just basically working together in silence for hours, which is exhausting and uncomfortable. And she said, I felt incredibly disconnected. I am someone that needs a lot of words of affirmation. I am someone that needs physical touch. I need to be reminded that we're like together and in this and you're completely pulling away from me. And I was really hurt and I was really upset. And she basically left his house, I think the day before or whatever, saying, I miss you. And instead of him just like saying, I miss you too. I'm sorry. I love you. He probably ghosted her or like stonewalled her or was a jerk about it is my guess. The next day she's upset because she's taking her daughter to the airport for Europe to go to Europe for several months, which feels real hard to do anyway. And then she's immediately being asked to drop by to his apartment right after she said goodbye to her daughter, which brings up so much anxiety, right? When you're like your kid is leaving for months. And then she has to go into this public podcast argument. I'm telling you, this is worth a listen. And honestly, go go them because their content numbers are probably a lot higher. But you should go listen to this because the red flags are so apparent. It's like it's giving Cody Brown. It's giving, give me some more examples of like really nasty, nasty, weird, you know, cunning, like snaky behavior from a boyfriend or a husband. It ain't good. Okay, now I know that they released a new episode today, which is why I started to listen to the old episode because I wanted to finish it. I knew I had only listened to like a clip of it on Smith Sisters, but they released another episode 12 hours ago. So remember, this is three days ago and now 12 hours ago, two days later saying it's called I Can't Fight This Feeling. And the the um, the like description or the show notes of the podcast says a few days post argument, Amy and TJ reflect on what happened and share how they feel today. They lean in and address your comments and negative feedback while also examining, examining how their argument was presented in the media. It's giving Kyle Richards, right? Let's fight on a podcast and then be like upset that it was taken out of context on a, in the media. Let's create a music video where I'm making out with my rumored love interest and then get upset that the media is creating a story. TJ explains why he initially didn't want to air it 
and how his fears later became reality. What the F? He didn't want to air it. Why are you recording her for a podcast? Now you don't want to air it? And then you air it and then you're upset because it makes you look bad. It's giving narcissism. Now, I am not someone that uh, I'm not officially, uh, we need like a therapist in here. But you guys, if you're a therapist, like give it to me. I personally feel like if Amy released herself from TJ, her career could come back. She could redeem herself. I think TJ is going to keep Amy Robach down until the end of time. That's my guess. And then I think that um, Amy is so my guess just from listening to this and how much she threw away and how much she lost for this relationship. My guess is that she'll never leave him. It's kind of like I've already given so much of myself. I've already um, lost so much of myself. If I leave him, it's all for nothing. But I think it's not going to be a good deal. Okay. Anyway, Listen to that if you need some extra fun. So listen to two podcasts. I guess I'm telling you to listen to Nick Vile's podcast with Taylor Ann Green. Listen to the Amy and TJ podcast. I don't know. It's just like it feels like we're watching a public spiraling, which is always fun. (laughs) Anyway, um, nothing really big in the news. We're going to talk about Beverly Hills and... Miami in just a moment, but nothing huge in the in the news except for the fact that I did see an article, a brief article. This is actually another podcast that you guys can listen to, is um, Tori and Jenny Garth. Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth have a podcast. I can't believe that they do because, well, I've never listened to not one episode. Maybe I should. Um, let me find out what it's even called so I can send you guys to the right direction if you're actually interested in listening to it. Um, but I believe it's a little bit about their lives. Maybe it's a little bit about 90210. I know they're very close, Tori and Jenny. It's called 90210OMG. Not really loving it, but that's okay. Um, anyway, they talk about the fact that, you know, they're talking about 90210. They're talking about personal life stuff. But I guess in this last episode, three days ago, it's about Luke Perry. And those of you that know, rest in peace, Luke Luke Perry. When did he die in? 2018 or 19? Luke Perry was 100% my first crush. Like beyond first crush. This is when I was 10, 11 years old. I used to have pictures of Luke Perry on my wall, you know, from the Teen Beat magazines and all of those like I forget what the rest of the, them were called. I used to rip them out and I would tape them up on my wall, him next to Zach Morris from Say by the Bell. And I would just look at him and I would love on him so much. I was obsessed with Luke Perry. The best moment ever on any episode of any 90210 um, episode for me was season two, episode one, Emily Valentine shows up to, not, to Beverly Hills High School, West Beverly High, right? And... She's kind of like the bad girl with the guitar, right? Remember? And Brenda gets really nervous that Emily and, you know, Dylan, that's his name, Dylan, have like this interesting thing. Tiger Beat, that's good. And um, that Emily and Dylan have this like little relationship and she gets a little jealous and she gets nervous. Well, anyway, Emily goes off and and dates Brandon um, in the most strange pairing. Because Emily would never be into Brandon. Brandon was way too dorky for Emily. Let's be real. Let's be real. He was like the, 
He worked at the Peach Pit and he was uh, like a journalist for the school. And Brenda was like really missing Dylan and she's singing dum diddy do dum dum i come i come a dum diddy you remember breaking up is hard to do and the girls were dressed in their addicted to love robert palmer outfits it was donna um kelly and brenda and then emily was don't take your love away from me um watch it again she has a horrible voice and um not like i'm <laughs> Not like I do. I have a good voice. And at one point, Brenda's doing this like this little dance move and she looks in the audience and the camera goes to Dylan and he's dancing. He's kind of like, you know, bouncing around, listening to her and he gives her a face like this. And then she goes, oh my God, I could be in that moment right now. Like I could be, Bre I was obsessed with Dylan McKay the scar, the bad boy, his mean dad. Oh, now, meanwhile, I named my son Dylan. So yeah, wonder why. But Dylan McKay, Luke Perry, actually dated plenty of people back in the 90s, including Madonna. Yes, Dylan McKay, Luke Perry, and Madonna had a little bit of a relationship, which I find so interesting. I don't know if you guys think that's interesting, but to me, I find so interesting. It was during the 90s. She, um, Tori told um, Jenny Garth this, and Jenny had no idea. And she thought, Tori Spelling said, um, remember how we used to have answering machines? He played me a message from her. I was like, you're the coolest person in the whole world. One, because you're Luke Perry, and two, because Madonna wants you. Um, I don't know how long they dated for. I guess they crossed paths for an AIDS research foundation in late 91. And Madonna personally called Luke Perry to present her with an award at the event when Elizabeth Taylor couldn't. Well, that's random going from Elizabeth Taylor to Luke Perry, but whatever. Um, following their romance. Uh, oh, yeah. And then they kissed when he was on stage at the event. Anyway, Luke Perry. Rest in peace. What a moment. What a moment. Um, oh my gosh. Debbie says, every time I hear R.E.M. losing my religion, I think of Brenda and Dylan because that was the song that they broke up to in the car, overlooking Los Angeles in his convertible. Man, oh man. Why couldn't have Jim Walsh just given him more of a chance? Why did Jim Walsh get so threatened by Dylan McKay? And also, why were Jim and Cindy Walsh 90 years old? <laughs> did they not feel like the oldest parents ever? Ugh, you guys, we could talk about this forever. Um, this feels more Patreon content, but I used to work out at a spin studio here in Los Angeles, a spin class. And at the spin class, the teacher... I don't know if she still is there. Her name's Naomi. She's a makeup artist and she's a spin teacher. She's also Jason Priestley's wife, Naomi. She's beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, and also so, so friendly, so nice. And Jason Priestley used to take the class with me. And not only did Jason Priestley used to take the class, so did Emily freaking Valentine. The actress who played Emily Valentine, which is escaping me exactly in this moment, she used to take the class all the time. So I used to seriously sit in a spin class, a sweaty, hot spin class between Brandon Walsh and Emily Valentine. I'm going to tell you her name in just a second. 
Emily Valentine, actress. Yes, Christine Elise. I want to say it was Christine Elise McCarthy. No, I could be wrong. Anyway, oh, good freaking times. How is Tori spelling these days? Is she okay? She posted a very interesting throwback video. You guys, the cast of 9020, obviously Dylan, Dylan McKay, Luke Perry, um, unfortunately has passed away. They're, they're still in the news all the time. Tori Spelling's in the news for stuff like this. Jenny Garth is in the news for stuff like this. And she like hung out with Bethany a couple months ago. Um, Jason Priestley's kind of not really in the news, but I guess he was on Andy Cohen's radio show at some point this week or last week. I can't remember when Jason Priestley was on it, but I saw, I like heard a promo that he was going to be on it. So he must be on a new show of some sort. Um, and then, and then um, obviously Shannon Doherty is going through some crazy, horrible health problems and cancer. So thinking about her, it sounds awful. Um, and then is, who am I missing? Oh, Brian Austin Green. I always see him in the news because he's relate. He's married to a former Dancing with the Stars dancer and he has a podcast and everything. So it's just really interesting. It's really an interesting time, interesting time to be alive. Now, what happened to the cast of Melrose Place is really what I'm curious about. Like Melrose Place kind of fell into the dust. Grant Show, where are you? My boyfriend, Grant Show. Now we know, I mean, this is this is a crazy round circle. Andrew Show from, from Melrose Place was married to Amy Robach. So we do have a little bit of a full circle. Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. Yes, Ian Ziering was just in the news. That's another one that I was going to say. He was just in the news a couple weeks ago because he got in some crazy street fight with a motorcycle gang on Hollywood Boulevard, right where A.A. Ron... Smith Levin from Scientology was arrested last week. It was right there. The footage is crazy. It's on New Year's Eve during the day. He was, I guess, driving his car with his teenage daughter in the car. And I think he got like sideswiped or hit a little bit by a motorcycle, his car. He got out of the car and then they started to fight. Pretty crazy. Ian Ziering is like an MLM guy. I think he has an MLM doing like skincare stuff. I know he was on Raya. A friend of mine matched with him. Yeah. Heather Locklear from um, Melrose Place. She's off like, you know, just being Heather. I mean, she's got quite a story. Did you ever watch the E! True Hollywood story of Melrose Place? That was a good one. All right. Wow. Sorry about that tangent, but it was a fun one. Let's get into current TV. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about Miami first because I want to get it over with. Why? Because it is literally, it's, 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 we're, we're hitting Potom Potomac levels in terms of unwatchability. Do you guys agree? It is, I, I'm struggling, especially when we don't have Nicole in the episode. Can someone tell me why Nicole, Dr. Nicole wasn't on the Mexico City trip? I missed it. Like all of a sudden she just wasn't there. Was she not invited? I, I imagine she was invited. So Nicole wasn't on the trip. So the only likable character, in my opinion, on this entire trip, really like likable, likable is Gertie. And maybe a little Kiki. So, oh, she was flying in late. Um, so she's not there yet. I, I, I'm not feeling these women. I find them incredibly irritating. I'm, I find them, they're under my skin. They're so, ooh, for me, it's Alexia. 
I've talked about this so many times, so I don't want to be a broken record, but Alexia does something to me. She, she makes my skin crawl. It's the way she consistently talks. It's the way she doesn't listen. It's the way she's always making these big faces and shaking her head and just ignoring what other people are saying just to get her point across. It makes me insane. Larsa's bad too. But there's something a little bit more redeemable about Larsa now that I saw her on Traders. I don't know why. Because, spoiler alert, you know, about Traders, uh, her time didn't last that long. But she is, she's just not, like, as bad to me as Alexia is. Adriana, I don't want to watch you perform your song. I don't want to watch you rehearse your song. I don't want to watch Adriana. She looked like she had a sleep mask in the back of her hair too. Some sort of babushka setting. Julia, we've talked about this. I had Brooke Ashley on my show is as boring as paint drying. Julia on Real Housewives of Miami is like, there's two people that she reminds me of. Carl from Summer House, maybe not this coming season, but this old season, which is paint dry boring. And Gina Kirschenheider's boyfriend, Travis. Travis in Real Housewives of OC. These are two people. These are people that bring nothing to the show and are boring. Julia, I find her incredibly challenging and boring to watch. Um, Marisol was fine. Is Marisol always sick? Have we talked about this? I feel like there was something else I watched with Marisol. Was it like a girl's trip? Was it something else where she came in and she was immediately sick? Like, I feel like she's always not feeling good. Um, and and Gertie, you know, Gertie was going through her post-surgery. Uh, she just had her second cancer surgery to remove the margins. Unfortunately, she ended up having chemo. But at this point, I don't believe she knew she was going to have to. And she was fine and sweet, except she got really triggered because she heard about some sort of podcast that Larsa did on her own podcast talking about how Gertie cries fake tears. I am really not interested. And it's making me concerned because Miami was a good one, but it's not doing it for me. It's it's giving Potomac. Get a bunch of girls that don't really like each other on a girl's trip and just have them fight in circles. I don't know, you guys. Is there something that I'm missing from yesterday that I really want to talk about? Larsa and Alexia have this crazy big fight because they're going back and forth about respecting each other's work and respecting each other's hustle. Both of them have hardly a leg to stand on. I'm sorry. They're, they both have so much money. <laughs> they both have so much money. They both have so much, you know, they both have men that have money. Like it feels like it's not a it's not a a real fight and no one cared. Did you notice that? They started going after each other and it's just going back and then everyone's just leaving the room. Everyone's like, gotta go, see you guys later. As if like they're talking about their favorite type of soda. Like no one, no one is interested. Lisa Hochstein is becoming more and more unlikable in every single episode. I'm just not into it. I'm bored by it. They, they went to some dinner Guys, I'm, I don't want to go to a dinner with naked men around me. Sorry. 
Like there, that dinner did not look interesting or inviting to me. Take me to a dinner where I'm outside and I'm seeing the view. Take me a dinner to a dinner where I, there's some, you know, beautiful music, maybe a sunset. I don't want to see that while I'm eating. I don't want any sort of like experience like that. I don't know. Not feeling it. So that's why we spent five minutes on Miami. That's a bad sign. Just saying. Now let's move on to Beverly Hills. I didn't love the episode. I really didn't. I found it like a setup episode, but it's set up to what? Which makes me all very concerned about the fact that the preview for this episode last week at the end had um, like a to be continued. Do you guys remember that? They were like, next week on Beverly Hills. This was last week. It was saying next week on Beverly Hills, it showed them showing up in Spain. And then it's a to be continued at the end of the preview. But what are we continuing? This episode was boring. Both of them were kind of boring. Now, we did get some good stuff. Okay, don't get me wrong. We did get some good stuff. For example, we see them packing for Spain. I always like to see them pack. Is that weird? I'm into this. Like, I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what they're taking. I want to see their process. I want to see everything. I love Sutton and Avi. I love Sutton. Is she perfect? Absolutely not. But she is so enjoyable to watch. She brings me joy. I really enjoy um, Sutton. I do. And uh, it's so funny because the comments are coming in and like Blonde and Basic says, Real House of Beverly Hills was boring this week. And then Leslie says, Donna, I think your lack of sleep is affecting you because Beverly Hills was good. I don't know. I mean, I didn't personally, I, it's, I still love Beverly Hills. Like Beverly Hills is a show that's good even when it's bad. So don't get me wrong, not like Miami or Potomac, but I just didn't find it like so involved or interesting because the biggest thing that happened was the Crystal Anna Marie, which we'll get into in just a moment. So Kyle, we we have already established that she is all over the place. She's frenetic. She's, I'm not trying to like diagnose anyone, but I would imagine Kyle probably has a little ADHD. It, it's giving a little unorganized chaos. Um, but she gets all her shit done. I mean, she's on it, right? She packs for this trip. We see Sutton and Avi packing in a very cute, fun way. The best was the shade that the editors gave her when they were like, she was like, I'm going to need to buy white pants. And the editors paused it and said, Sutton doesn't have white pants or something as she's wearing. She wasn't wearing white pants, white jeans, but she was wearing, you know, um, a light pair of jeans. I'm sure Sutton has a pair of white jeans. How can Sutton not have white jeans? Anyway, she's talking. We have this weird side story about this guy, Merce. He's a huge choreographer in like the Bob Fosse range. And Sutton has his ashes and she finds it very important to bring his ashes with us. I imagine this is foreshadowing why she's crying in next week's episode, something about her dad. But it's, it's so confusing to me. Why is she bringing ashes on this trip? Why? Then we see Crystal and her funny, I think her name is Lucy, the house manager woman, um, packing. All I would like to say is it would be so phenomenal to have someone help me pack because packing to me is one of life's worst um, actions. Like I hate packing. It would be really nice to have a packing assistant for my kids, for myself, for the toiletries, for the household, for the dogs even. Anyway, oh yeah, Sutton famously wore pant, white pants in Vegas. Okay, so um, so 
their packing. Then they go to the airport. They get to the airport. They get on their first class flight. We do the same old shit where, you know, we're making fun of Dorit with her expensive Chanel uh, pajamas. Trying too hard. I love how Dorit, who was born in America, is giving PJ. PJ? (laughs) Who's PJ? Is giving PK a, a lesson in jet lag. Isn't PK from England? Doesn't PK have a job where he has to travel to England multiple times a year? I found it kind of interesting. Dorit's like, PK, if I were you, what I would do is when I wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning, it sounds like Aisha from Below Deck. Speaking of PK, I didn't even respond to my friend's text. I had two friends who reached out to me last night. One was here in the valley and one was between the valley and the city. Both of them reached out to me in separate moments saying, oh my God, one of them said, I am at a restaurant for the second time ever and PK is here. And he was here the last time I was here with Mauricio. Okay, so PK was at the restaurant with her. And then my other friend was at a restaurant and she saw Crystal and separately Kyle Richards and Justin Sylvester together having dinner. So Crystal is was at one table with Rob and Justin and Kyle were at another table together. I just love it. Like all these boots on the ground, just like seeing the housewives everywhere. So Pikai was uh, getting jet lag advice from his American wife. And um, anyway, so they go to Barcelona and All I know is that I definitely need to go to Barcelona. No, you don't say that, do you? Barcelona, I really want to go. I've never been to Spain. This is a bucket list item. I really want to go. It looks gorgeous. They go to a home. They stay in this this Airbnb that is incredibly old. If I'm going to stay somewhere, This is going to really, this is not in order to make me sound like high maintenance or anything. This is just preference, personal preference. While it may, we didn't see like the outside grounds and if you're overlooking some beautiful water or you're on a vineyard or something, that's worth it. But to me, if I'm going to choose to sleep in a home or a hotel outside of my home, I want to feel like it's an upgrade. Like I want to feel like it's luxury in some capacity, especially if you're on the housewives. This house was built in the 1400s. So while they said it was restored, it just felt very old and cold. Does that make sense? It feels cold when you watch that kind of a show or watch that kind of a house. And then to find out that it's also haunted. I vote no. And that reminds me, you guys, that on the traders, they're in that castle in Scotland. We've found out, and thanks, Andrew, for posting in the Facebook group an article, but we found out that they end up staying in um, in an airport hotel. They're not actually staying in the castle on traders. And another thing that's interesting, you guys, MJ was on Jeff Lewis yesterday and she mentioned that the morning after, if you watch traders, you know how they do the breakfast scenes and they enter the door and they're like, you're here. They all get ready for breakfast. Every single cast member gets ready for breakfast. But right before you get entered into breakfast, the one that has been murdered the night before gets pulled aside to shoot the mur- like to shoot the scene where they discover they're mur- murdered. So everyone goes to sleep and wakes up in the morning assuming that they're safe. 
until the last, the very last minute before they walk into the breakfast. I thought that was interesting. Well, if I was Crystal, I'd want to be murdered off of this home because, or this vacation, because Anna Marie is again on one. Everyone's enjoying themselves. They're having a good time. They're trying all these interesting foods with the chef. And Anna Marie decides to say, I would like to address the elephant in the room and explain that I am sorry for, you know, bringing everything up last week. Okay. She should have just stopped there. Sometimes when you say, I'm sorry, you shouldn't then continue to explain yourself and then backpedal on the sorry. She said, I spoke to Sutton, by the way, pay attention to how Anna Marie says Sutton. She can't say Sutton. She goes, Sutton, Sutton. It's giving Stephen from Laguna Beach. So she then pivots this conversation about talking about the esophagus towards Crystal. She irks Crystal to no end and Crystal irks her to no end and they have something against each other. Her story is that she met Crystal at a mutual friend's house a few weeks ago during the holidays, she says. She says that Crystal told her, these girls are shallow and uneducated. Can I ask you a question? Do you believe, do you believe that Crystal would have said that to a stranger at a party, knowing that she knows some of these women and she's in the running for housewives? I really don't. She may have said something along the lines of, listen, it's hard to connect with them. A lot of our conversations seem kind of shallow. Like that's a different story than saying they are shallow and uneducated. But Anna Marie loves to lie about what she said and what she hasn't said, i.e. the eating disorder comment with Sutton at the NAMI event. So it feels so left out of pocket. And I believe Crystal here. Does Crystal feel maybe that inside? Probably. Would she tell Anna Marie that? I don't think so. When I met Crystal for the first time, it was at a party, my friend's party, not a big party. It was like a small kind of intimate gathering. And it was right after she finished taping. It was actually exactly around this time, two years ago, two years ago. Yes. So in 2022. And she had just finished taping season, her first season of Beverly Hills. And I asked her, I was like, how, how did it go? And she's like, I wish I knew, so maybe it was three seasons ago. Now I can't remember. She goes, I wish I knew um, more about like certain things going into it because I felt like I was blindsided by like a lot of things. She never once said these women are uneducated or these, she never talked badly about the women, not once. And if anything, she would talk badly about, about it to someone that's completely like I wasn't doing daily dose of Donna at the time. So I just don't believe this about Crystal. I feel like once again, Anna Marie really wants to take Crystal down. Some people feel, well, Anna Marie was on the after show and she thinks that she's triggered Crystal because Crystal wanted to go to med school when she met Rob and then ended up getting married instead and not going to med school. Is that something that Crystal always wishes that she could have done? Maybe. Do you think that of all people on this show and in this world, Anna Marie is the one that's going to trigger her? The one who's not an actual doctor, who's a nurse anesthetist, is going to trigger Crystal? No, I think Crystal can just sniff it out. She sniffs out the bullshit. And you know what? These people have so many people in common. Maybe Crystal knows other stuff about Anna Marie that she doesn't like.
Maybe she just knows something about her that just feels like she's just like, I don't like her because she's been kind of a B-I-T-C-H to maybe another girlfriend of mine who's not on this show. You have to remember that this world is small. All these women, either if they don't know each other, they know someone who knows someone. So I do find it interesting. Negative 8.5 is going down. She's continuing. I think she's now negative 18.5 at this point. She gave Crystal such a tough, you know, go. And then she basically said that Crystal, uh, she should, Crystal should thank her because she gave her something to talk about. I will explain this though. The only one person who really stood up for Crystal in that conversation, I felt, was Sutton. Sutton. I felt like Sutton. Sutton was the only one that kept saying, no, she's not. No, she didn't. Or who cares? Or whatever. And that's because Sutton knows exactly how it feels when everyone is coming after you. And she always wanted someone to stand up for her. Sutton's a good friend. I'm just going to say. Just going to say. Just going to say. So I, I really do still, I really like Crystal. I like Crystal. I need Crystal there. Crystal brings a level of grounding to that show with personalities that are all over the place. Kyle felt very disengaged on this trip. Did anyone else feel that? Kyle was like not really present. Maybe she was going through something at home exactly in this moment. Something big was happening in her personal life. Maybe she was getting an offer from Morgan Wade to perform in the music video. Who knows what? But it really didn't feel in any way like Kyle was really like present. For example, during the group dinner, normally Kyle wants to be inserted and she's like, get me out of here. I just want to get out of here. Like, I'm so not interested. She wanted to go home and text a friend. Dorit calling Crystal a child bride is so damn low. Number one, Crystal was 24. Okay. Just because she's like 20 years younger than her husband does not make her a child bride. She was 24. She is smart. She was not like a you know, pulled out of like a teenage years. Um, she did have a dig towards Dorit on her Instagram. She said like rules of good marriage and it's about like conflict and communication. And then she said, buying your wife jewelry, not borrowing. Ouch. Come on, Crystal, give us more of this. Dorit looked, not looked physically, but came off just bad in this episode. To go after Crystal in such a way to... um do the digs about Kyle looking for a new husband in Barcelona. I'm just, Dorit was not, I was not feeling Dorit during this episode at all. Um, at least she's giving something though, because remember the last couple of seasons, Dorit was like MIA and not really giving anything. Erica had a whole Garce, I mean, Erica had a whole earrings conversation. This is when I, whoop, I zone out. Whoop. Whenever Tom Girardi and the the case and the earrings come up, I literally do not have any interest whatsoever. I know that that sounds bad, but I just don't. I think there's something about the word earrings, if you know what I know what I mean. Hearing the word earrings, it triggers me. It sends me to like emergency Patreon land. <laughs> um. So I don't know. Erica's still doing her good PR spin on everything. She's just saying the right thing, the right thing. 
Garcelle and Sutton make me laugh. Garcelle and Sutton in their bedroom at late at night, they remind me of little teenagers. They're like, they have the giggles. They're doing a sleepover. I enjoy them. I really enjoy them. Um, they're fun to watch. Like they're giving a sober version of Ramona and Sonia. Do you guys feel that? They're giving like the more normal version, the more unhinged, less unhinged version, the more hinged version. Um, I would totally watch a show of Sutton and Garcelle like on a road trip. I find them interesting. Um, the next day they get up, they talk crap about everything. And, you know, Crystal talks shit about Anna Marie. And then they get in the car going up to this castle. They get incredibly car sick. Everyone's getting car sick, but Crystal starts to have some sort of medical emergency. Does anyone know what that was? Where the, her veins started to like puff up and she was getting swollen and also car sick. Was it anxiety? I'm curious, probably a blood pressure issue is my guess. Um, and I'm going to blame it on negative 18.5 because I think negative 18.5 raises everyone's blood, blood pressure. She's so damn annoying. She's so annoying. Um, did anything else happen? Altitude. Altitude is an interesting one. Panic attack. Panic attacks, blood pressure, high anxiety, all those things. Um, I love most of Beverly Hills, but I found yesterday's episode to be quite boring. I found Miami to be almost unwatchable and it concerns me. And I'm worried that we're, we're, we're losing, we're losing some things. We're losing Miami. We're losing Potomac. I'm like, give us something good. Tell us something good. Um, dehydration for Crystal in her, in her veins. Well, the night before, remember when Sutton was like, I like a strong drink so I don't have to drink too much. And Crystal's like, I like a strong drink so I can drink 15 of them or drink so many of them. The interesting thing about Beverly Hills is we don't really ever see them that drunk. We've seen Erica act drunk, but we haven't really, and we've seen Kyle, like us in the past with Sutton. We haven't really seen them act so drunk. We did see Sutton during the Naimam. Naimam. She definitely was drunk. Um, I think personally. So that is that. Let's go and listen to all these podcasts. I gave you all the recommendations. Let's go cringe with Elise. I mean, sorry, with um Amy and TJ. I still can't get over how cringeworthy that episode was. And, uh, and I think that's it. I'm trying to think of anything huge else happened. No, I think that's good. We will, uh, talk about the trust tomorrow. We'll finish up the trust. I'll watch it tonight. And then, um, some more things. Thank you guys so much, everyone. I appreciate you being here as always. Thank you for subscribing. Have an amazing rest of your Thursday and I will see you tomorrow. Bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.